Well, I trust uh, you're going to have a great 4th of July, maybe inside. Uh, it depends on the weather. You know, we live in Washington. You never know what you're going to get, right? Life's like a box of chocolates. If it was, that'd be great. I'd take them all. <laughs> right, Eleanor? <laughs> That's right. If you want to bless Eleanor, just keep bringing her chocolate every week. And uh, you can pay me afterwards for that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I trust that you'll have a good time celebrating uh, tomorrow. But, you know, maybe tomorrow would be a wonderful time as we talk about rain. Rain is beautiful because it, it just, I love going out. Like right now, if I walked out this morning and went out into my field, I would not be speaking to you today. I've been, my throat's been swelling every time I go outside and work outside. So I've been having to stay inside the last few days. And uh, even with allergy meds, it's just been really bad this year. Yeah, and so, but man, I love it after it's rain. I go out and it just smells clean. It's like it's all washed away. And I can just imagine that God's saying, man, I just need to wash that Washington state a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, hopefully it doesn't wash too many of your fireworks down the drain. But uh, uh, I trust that you will enjoy if you're barbecuing or you're just spending time with friends playing games. That's one of our favorite things, play games, go to the beach, barbecue, and watch all of y'all set off fireworks. Um, I think that's, my kids never go to sleep. They just stare at the Robin's house because they have some crazy people that live around them. And uh, because from their windows, they can watch all the fireworks going off. (laughs) And so, uh, but anyway, so we start with our gaze south and the crazy neighbors to the south of us, and then we look north. And somehow we skip over the Hyleys. I don't know how that works, but, uh, but we have a good time. It's fun. But this year we're going to be, uh, we'll be at Camp Gilead, and so I'll be different, uh, um, the Marios and myself, and I think there's others that are going down to the family camp down at Camp Gilead, but I'll be helping out with the kids and doing some things down there, and it'll be a wonderful, wonderful opportunity and stuff. Well, if you're looking at your notes this morning and wondering how are we going to get through it in 15 to 20 minutes, uh, I was thinking the same thing. So I, I think I'm, I'm voting on, uh, on point, I, I'm voting on point one and part two next week. So, uh, so uh, we're, we'll, we'll get there. Um, no, no rush. I think our summer messages that I had planned that were supposed to start last week, I think they're going to be starting at, in the springtime, <laughs> but anyway, we'll get there. Our text is found in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 18, and uh, uh, we're going to read it in verse 18 through 24 again. Um, remember, man, Paul, is, this is all about the gospel. If you're wondering, why, why is God so bent on uh, describing his wrath on man and we don't hear that one of the attributes of God is wrath. God is wrath. And uh, because of mankind, because of sin, because of God's holiness and how perfect he is, there is the other side of the coin that he is, has wrath uh, because of sinfulness. Um, we don't like that, um, but that makes our salvation that much sweeter. Uh, it's like the mop sauce on a perfect barbecue. It just makes the meat so much more beautiful. 
Um, and uh, if you want to uh, experience that, you got to come at three o'clock in the morning when I'm mopping the pig. But uh, well, actually, that'll be Jared's job because I'll be sleeping. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I'm just being honest. I will take a break. <laughs> but uh, we want to look at some of these realities of why is this so important. And so th- I want you to think about how great our salvation is. Think about how great God is as we read this text and as I, I try to explain this text this morning. Verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Lord, we ask that you would bless this word, that your spirit would teach us, and that, Lord, we would be reminded of these great things, these truths, that we would not skip them in our hearts as inconsequential or uh, they don't really have meaning. But the truth is that every day these are realities and that we would not take you and what you've done for us for granted. And as we look at the world and the state of the world, the state of our our nation, Lord, that we love. We love the freedom that you have given us in this nation. Lord, you have blessed us so much. And yet we wonder why sometimes. Why is so much turmoil? Lord, I pray that these verses would bring some insight and light and help us to understand and that we would use these verses as we talk to our neighbors that are struggling in their perception of who you are. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts and our minds that we wouldn't just know about you, but that we would know you, truly experience and have a relationship with you this morning through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. These are some pretty profound words as we get to verse 21. He's already been giving us, in a sense, a ladder, you know, uh, in our, if you look at our society, you look at the world, the world ever since the beginning of creation has tried to build its own ladder to God. Ladders are pretty amazing things. With ladders, you can accomplish many different tasks that normally you could not uh, do. Uh, we uh, used to have this ginormous ladder that took four or five of us to get into this building. Praise the Lord. Now we have a smaller ladder um, that still allows us to get to the same height. And it's it's a blessing to be on that ladder. There's a purpose to it. And what's amazing is, is Paul is doing something in these verses that he normally doesn't do. 
Paul usually builds a ladder or builds steps up. He says, if you do this, then this will happen, and then this will happen, and then this will happen. And there's usually this stair-stepping, these if-and-then statements that Paul likes to do in building the text that God gave him to the church. But what we see here is literally a ladder, and, and it's a ladder that God has built. And Paul is telling us that we start on this ladder, and there is this downward process. So everything that we just read, starting in verse 21, actually in verse 16 and 17, and then we get to 18, we have started on this ladder, and we have started to descend with these verses. And it's a scary prospect, and we'll get to the end of it next week, but there's this reality and there's this scary prospect of what, what God is showing us in these verses. I mean, think about fear, right? I have never really had a fear of heights. That is not necessarily a good thing, right? I, I've, I've, I've been certified as a, a rock climber, as a trainer. At one point, I was trained to teach people to rock climb, to rappel. I've done lots of different cliffs. I love Joshua Teach, Smith Rock. I've been to a lot of those places, and I love it. Problem is, is that I've done a lot of those things. I've, I've repelled. I've done rescues, trained in rescues, and cutaways. And it's pretty scary when you first cut away a rope that's holding somebody, and now they're attached to you, and you're praying that you have them. There's nothing worse. So the first cutaways you're doing from like five feet. So if they drop, it's a quick stop <laughs> and not a long drop, uh, if you get my drift. Uh, but we do all of that. So I've developed this really non-fear uh, over the years. Um, but I've kind of lost my touch. But, you know, in our ministries in the past, we've had to do a lot of the things that we've done here and that we've had to change some lights and add some lights, run some stuff. And some of you at the beginning of church have seen me run up the ladder like it's no big deal. Well, one day I decided to do that, and I was changing out a, 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 some of the lights up here, um, not here, but in a former ministry. And the church had uh, exposed laminated beams, um, kind of like the big beam that we have, but they're 30 feet up. So I put the extension ladder up into the corner of that and resting up against that beam. So imagine you got about, you know, 16, 18 inches of exposed beam. The ladder's up in the corner. And I love to put the ladder at such an angle, I don't even hold the ladder with my hands. I just run right up it like stairs. And I do my thing and I run back down. Well, in this case, I had extended it a little bit further than I should have. And I'm running up. And by the time I got to the middle, all of a sudden, the whole thing tips. And I'm like... I, you, you would have loved to see it. I was doing this whole thing. Ladder's here, and I'm like way over here. I threw my weight immediately over. I look up, and what I had happened was I'd been running up that ladder so hard that it was bowing in the middle. Well, when you have a stationary object and it bows in the middle, it also shortens the length of that object. That rung slipped right off, and I was whole, being held by that last, the last corner of the ladder was only on the beam by that much. My whole fear of heights shifted at that moment. I'm about 16, 17 feet up, and there were chairs below me. I'm thinking, I'm sitting there. I'm like, 
if I bail, I got to bail sideways so I land sideways in the chair. Otherwise, I'm going to break my back, break my arm, break something. Something's going to... And I, so I start yelling. And I know there's a guy in the church somewhere. So can you imagine me yelling, help! <laughs> and uh, he comes running and he grabs the ladder. I come back down and I'm sitting there. <sighs> Ladders are great things when used appropriately. When you use ladders the wrong way, or you think too much of yourself, bad things tend to happen. I've learned now that paying somebody to do stuff on, at my house on a ladder is much better than trying to do it myself. Uh, but ladders uh, can be a dangerous thing. Paul is giving us this ladder, verse 18 and he says, for the wrath of God is revealed against heaven. And you see this idea in the fact that we are introduced to man's rebellion towards God. That God has wrath because of all ungodliness, all unrighteousness, and that they suppress the truth. That, the, that man is naturally rebellious to God. That they, their whole life is built on suppressing the truth. But the reality is, is not only are they rebellious, but we see that there's this revelation of God. That man has a re revelation of God. And it goes on to say in verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them. The reality is, is God has built and put us on this ladder of life, and he's showed us that here is where God is. This is where you start in life. And the problem is, is that it's plain that if you keep looking to God, that God will get you to where you need to go. That he, not only he will he, he naturally reveals himself to you, plainly, he did it, not man, but he will also, through his word, bring you to a saving faith and saving knowledge of him. That is not knowledge as knowing something, but a saving revelation of having a relationship with him because of what he did on the cross through Christ. But we see that, so man has a natural revelation, but man doesn't respond to that natural revelation, and they naturally are continue to be rebellious. And so there's this reality that man suppresses the truth, and what he does is he takes a step down off the ladder. He takes, instead of taking a step up in their relationship with God, he actually takes a step down. And that's what's really going on. And we see in verse 21 that man is without excuse because God has made it plain that they can see and understand that there is God and that God will use that to then bring them to the saving faith and knowledge of God. That natural revelation doesn't actually save them, but God does that through his word. And then we get to verse 21. It says, for although they knew God, those words should scare you. The reality is, is although they knew God, there's this reality is, is that they knew that there is a God. They know that there is something greater than themselves, and yet they choose to ignore it one more step down on the ladder not one step up. There's this progress of going down and not going up. These are some of the saddest words in the Bible. 
Man has a knowledge of God, but that knowledge of God is not enough. We go through life and we think, oh yeah, I know God. And maybe you've talked to people about God and you've shared, uh, you've shared God with people and you said, yeah, this is what, you know, how do you know that you're going to heaven? Oh yeah, I know God. Well, I always follow that up. Well, you know, what God? Because man just, you know, just because they say they know God does not mean anything. And that's what Paul is saying here. That's what God is revealing to us. The sad reality is there's a lot of people that know God, but that doesn't mean that they know God. There's a mindset that they know that there's a creator or they know that there's this great being or they, you know, uh, there's, a, there's tombs all over the place that say, to the tomb of the, like right now, we have a tomb of the unknown soldier. God knows who that soldier is, but nobody knows who it was. But now, and, and there was a tomb also, or there was a, there was a, a place in, in Greece where Paul was going and witnessing, and they, they saw this, this altar to the unknown God, and he says, well, let me tell you about the God that you know, but you don't know. And I want you to have a relationship with him. In Acts, he tells, Paul says that. We're going to go into that a little bit later. But this is a tragedy, is that most who know God will reject actually having a relationship with God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. They don't want God to be the Lord of their life. They don't want God to be God. They just want to know God and say, I'm covered, and they want to just go and they want to make themselves God. They want to be God. They want to be in control of their whole life. And you say, well, what's going on in our world? And this is what's going on in our world. In verse 21, it says, for although that they knew God, it didn't matter that they knew God. Look at what happened. They did not honor him as God or give him thanks. So it didn't matter that they knew him. They didn't honor him. The next ladder down, and so, so the idea is, is man wants to actually be glorified and, and to be in heaven and to have heavenly things. And they think that they're climbing the ladder of their life to greater and glorious things. But the reality is, is just because you know God doesn't mean that you're going up the ladder to heaven. But the reality is, you're going down the ladder deeper into a pit that nobody wants to be in. So why is man's knowledge of God is not enough? And we'll finish that next week. But the reality is, is this, is, is why is man, and that's because man's rejection of God. Man's rejection of God. It's a reckless choice. Even though that they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. It's a very, very reckless, careless choice that we make sometimes. When man has been faced with the truth of God and he makes his stand against God and he's moved into the realm of rejection, he says, no, I know this is what you want, God, but I'm going to do this. It's a dangerous, dangerous place. You know, going up a ladder is actually not the worst part of the ladder. It's the coming down. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I can't tell you how many times I've done the quick drop, right? Because 
I, my foot misses a rung. That is the worst feeling in the world. Some of my worst, not my worst injuries, but man, I've had some horrible things happen on ladders. Uh, Kaylee one time swung the swing and, and, uh, that I had tied up and hit the ladder and knocked the ladder out, and I was in mid-hammer. And I, it's the weirdest feeling. I was falling, but I couldn't, my brain said I was going to hit the nail, but I couldn't understand why I was watching the nail disappear. And my, bo- my body was falling. My body knew it was happening, but my brain didn't compute. It was like, it was the oddest sensation. It was going so slow, and I dropped 16 feet and broke my elbow. But it was the weirdest thing. Ladders and me, it's just, it's good for me not to be on ladders. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so we, so here's the thing is this, this is man's rejection is horrible. Your ladder is being every day when you say, no, God is saying, this is who I am and I want to know you, but you're saying, no, I want to do my own thing. It's a dangerous place to be. Not only the rug of your life is going to be yanked out, but the ladder is going to fall out from underneath you. It's going to be a weird sensation where you think, I thought I knew what I was going to do, but the reality is you're, you're falling. Some of us are falling and we don't realize it. And we see what is the rejection of God, and that is man chooses not to give God glory. Some of your translations may say honor. Uh, the ESV it says they do not honor him as God. The, the reality is that they don't glorify God. And they did, not, they did not want to enhance the reputation of God. That's the idea. The word honor, it means to give glory to someone, to enhance that person's reputation. The idea, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he did it first so that way we, he can enhance our life so, to have a relationship with God, to take us from being dead to being alive. He enhanced us. But he didn't just do that to glorify us. He did that to glorify himself, to enhance his reputation through the gospel, to glorify him. And the reality is, is man doesn't want to enhance God's reputation to give God praise, to magnify Him, to worship God with all His heart, with all His soul, with all His might, to love the Lord. They did not place Him into the position of power or great honor and that He rightly received, he receives that God is the King of kings and that we look at Him and say, He is the King of my life. He is the Lord of my life. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing for Him. I'm working for Him. I'm studying for Him. I'm obeying my parents for him because God is king. I'm doing everything I do, not because of me getting glorified. It's not, look, man, look how good I am, but look how great God is. We humble ourselves that God might be glorified, that he might have a name which is above all names. And as people see our good works, they would glorify God who is in heaven. But that's not what man wants to do. They've fallen down a peg. They knew God, but that doesn't mean that they're glorifying God. In fact, they actually choose to go down a peg and down a step. They don't honor him. Literally, what Paul is saying here is he's indicating that mankind made a deliberate choice not to honor him. We all know what that's like. 
when you know something right and you choose not to do it anyway? That's a deliberate choice not to glorify God. That is an extremely dangerous place to be. When you step down the ladder, you're, ready, you're getting ready to fall flat on your face. So what happened in Acts, Acts chapter 12, turn there, and then I'm going to end because we ran out of time already. I knew we would. That's why we're going to stop after point one. <laughs> but Acts chapter 12 and verse 21 we see Herod the Great, right? Herod's so great, he wants to be great. He wants to be called Herod the Great. The Herods were known for wanting to be great and to rule over Israel, and they wanted to be seen as great in the Roman Empire, and so they did things to try to glorify themselves. And in Acts chapter 12, verse 21, it says, On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and he delivered an oration to them. He, he gave an amazing speech. He, or, he gave this oratory. Brilliance. Beautiful. You know, like Shakespeare type thing where we all say, what? Right? And they said, oh, but look how they responded. Verse 22, they probably responded this way because they didn't want to die. But that's beside the point. But look what they said. It says, and the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. They were glorifying Herod. But look at verse 23. Look at the next rung on the ladder. It was a great fall. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Now, I want you to understand, when it says it was eaten by worms, when he said he was struck down, it was literally he was living as they were eating him, and he died. Now, you notice that the emphasis was not just that they shouted that this was a God and not a man. It was that he did not correct them. He loved it. He liked it. And he died. Not giving God glory is a dangerous thing, folks. It's a dangerous next rung. Man knows God, but they choose not to recognize God or acknowledge God. And because they choose not to recognize and acknowledge God, they just keep going down in their life. Not up. Man wants to go up, but they don't realize they're getting into more trouble. And it's because man chooses not to give God gratitude. We don't give God glory and we don't give God gratitude. Look at that, Ralph. I found two G's. <laughs> I don't always do that. <laughs> but yeah, man did not give God thanks. They refused to acknowledge that in James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Our life is a perfect gift from God. It's not about the circumstances of our life. It's actually what God gave us because of our life. The natural creation was intended to lead man to glorify God and to give God thanks. Not giving praise and thanksgiving to God leads to a disastrous consequence. We need to give God thanks more. And we don't. We tend to look at everything we don't like. 
rather than everything that God does. I guarantee that everything that you don't like pales in comparison to what actually God is doing for you. I mean, all you have to do is put the cross in front of everything and that just wipes everything away. That one thing that God made us alive through Christ is bigger than anything that our life, in our life, combined. It doesn't matter the circumstance. That's why Paul said in, to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will. Are you living in God's will every day? It's not hard. Give God glory and give thanks. Give thanks for you, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To give thanks. You know, God wants us to glorify Him and to give thanks. And why is God... Why is God's wrath poured out on mankind? It's because man doesn't glorify God. Man does not give God thanks. Why do we see the state of our nation? They don't glorify God. It shouldn't surprise us. They don't give God thanks. Right? It's pretty simple. Why do we see such horrible things happening in life? Because men want to elevate themselves. They do not want to elevate God. That brings us to the, the reality is what do we need to do in life? How do In light of this, in light of God's wrath, in light of what we realize, man's rejection of God, what do we need to do? We need to glorify God more. That's the question you need to ask. Am I glorifying God? Is what am I, and what am I thinking? What am I doing? And what am I choosing? Is it going to glorify God or is it going to glorify me? Am I setting myself up or am I setting God up? Am I setting up others in my life, my wife, my husband? Am I setting up a parent to try to glorify them and then when, when everything goes wrong, I blame them? Uh, teachers, coworkers, jobs, whatever it is, what are you choosing to glorify because you will, if you don't glorify God, the sad reality is you will glorify something. Listen to that. If you don't glorify God, you will glorify something. If you don't give God thanks, you'll thank something else. If you don't give God thanks, it's going to be hard to glorify Him. You know how the easiest way to glorify God? Give Him thanks. The more you give thanks to God, the easier it is to glorify God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning and your word, and it's powerful. I pray that it have an impact on our church family and, and, and the way that we live our life, and the closeness in the way we live our life, and, and that, Lord, just as we read in Philippians, that it would change our mindset and the way we love one another and that it would have a deep impact because of our gratitude towards you and our love towards you and, and, and that we realize that you have been so gracious to us because of what we truly deserve, because of our sin. 
But Lord, may we truly be give you thanks. And in doing that, that we would grumble less and complain less. And that we would be get to experience the joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. Because, Lord, we are seeking to glorify you. It's a privilege to honor you and this morning in a way, Lord, and, and to give thanks. And, and the reality is, as we've seen some of the truth lived out in, as we celebrate the life um, or the marriage of Penny and, and Jerry and that married 50 years, what a, what a blessing of faithfulness. Lord, not because of they are great and perfect and made it all perfect, but Lord, it's, it's a testimony to your faithfulness. But it's a testimony of them look, continuing to look to you so that they could remain faithful in the midst of their struggles. Lord, and so Lord, thank you for giving us that great example this morning that we get a just be remembered that when we do follow you, great things happen and, and faithfulness and love is displayed. And so, Lord, we, we want to honor that love that you gave us to be able to live in marriage for years and years and years for eternity. Not because we are perfect, but because, Lord, you are perfect. They would be the first to say that every ladder or every milestone that they've reached in their marriage was not because of they were perfect, but because of what you have done for them. So, Lord, what a privilege to have such a neat illustration this morning that we get to enjoy that faithfulness, that endurance that you have, are continuing to work out in them You've told us that as we face trials of many kind to, to look forward to it because as patience has had its perfect work and steadfast love has had its perfect work in us that we would be complete, lacking nothing. And Lord, what a privilege it'll be one day to be with you for eternity and not be lacking anything, period, to see you face to face because of what you did on the cross for our sins. Lord, if anyone here is known about you, but they don't really know you. They've never really had a relationship with you. They've been living a religious life, but they're not glorifying you, but they're trying to just glorify themselves, that they would turn to you, that they would seek you, and Lord, that they would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. They would surrender their life to you, that they'd realize that they are a sinner, that you pour out your wrath on sin the wages of sin is death. But Lord, what an amazing gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. May they call upon you this morning and be saved. We praise you because Lord, you have fearfully and wonderfully made us. Thank you for our relationship with you. May we enjoy it and continue to worship you today and this week. In Jesus' name we pray.